0: Recently, I had an event in New York City. I had hundreds of people come, and I brought actual real couples up on stage and did a mini podcast right there in front of everyone. It was awesome, and I'm very pleased to announce that I'm doing two more events. I want to let you know about it before anyone else knows. June 1st, I'm going to be in Philadelphia. June 4th, in Boston. If you want tickets, you can get them at iwt.com philly and IWT.com slash Boston. Between now and May 3rd, you can use the pre-sale code RICHLIFE to get tickets. Again, June 1st, I'll see you in Philly, and June 4th in Boston, IWT.com slash Philly, and IWT.com slash Boston. Um, What the hell is going on on this podcast that like 80% of the people who come on here go through massive screening, fill out applications, (laughs) they never actually read my book. Is anyone else puzzled by this? Look, a lot of the questions that you ask me about money are answered directly in I Will Teach You To Be Rich. How do you pay off your student loans? How do you automate your finances? Where do you start investing? And how do you handle big purchases? I wrote this book as a six-week program so you can follow along on your own or with a partner. If you want to improve your finances, I recommend you get the I Will Teach You To Be Rich book. It has over 18,000 reviews on Amazon. Get it at iwt.com slash book.
1: In our current kind of jobs, you know, I am kind of the the higher earner of the two of us. There's been kind of a battle around, well, if you're not the majority provider in this family, why are you kind of dedicating so much time to your job?
2: There's some times where like he tells me, why am I doing this if I'm the person that provides the most and you are the person that works the most, you should be Maybe doing more for for the house instead of me, that I make more and I bring more to the table. So I feel like it comes from there. And then when he made the joke, I was like, okay, if you don't want to support me, I can do it myself.
0: My name is Ramit Sethi, and this is the "I Will Teach You to Be Rich" podcast. My guests today are and they're both high earners, but between the two of them, earns more. And this has placed them into a dynamic where until now, he's had the majority of the power when it comes to making household decisions. You'll hear them describe that. Recently, decided to quit her job and become an entrepreneur. And this has disrupted the normal dynamics of their relationship. They came to me because they believed that they had an issue about entrepreneurship, her decision to become one. But as we peel the layers, you're going to discover through listening to these clues that the real problem here is actually not about her becoming an entrepreneur. It's about something much, much deeper. Let's listen.
1: We're on at a particular juncture in that is quitting her job to pursue a startup. And that, of course, brings, you know, conversations about money. She currently works at a, at a tech company that has grown likely to, to kind of do an IPO relatively soon. And when I questioned her about, you know, what we're leaving on the table as a family and what that implies for us, her response was, well, I have my own savings and I can kind of do whatever I want. You know? And so that, I think that's, that's kind of the destructive cycle you know, that, that I mentioned. I, I kind of tend to revert to saying, look, you're not thinking of the big picture. That's kind of a very selfish point of view what it felt like to me is, you know, kind of feeling unappreciated as a the provider and family member and just kind of, you know, we're all doing whatever we want and, and kind of that's the, the way we operate here. Mm-hmm. In, in our current kind of jobs, you know, I am kind of the, the higher earner of the two of us.
0: Just for some context, <laughs> earns $150,000 a year, which is a very good salary, but <laughs> earns more than triple that. He's earning about $500,000 a year.
1: The way we've approached kind of expenses and, and all that is, you know, kind of divide by just the percentage of whoever brings in, right? There's been kind of a battle around, well, if you're not the majority provider in this family, why are you kind of dedicating so much time to your job and not to me? I wouldn't call that a sacrifice, but, you know, I, I've i definitely put a lot into providing for our a family of two and when it comes to making a decision of you know kind of jumping from where she is to something more entrepreneurial it wasn't kind of properly discussed or consulted it feels not necessarily taken on a whim but without the proper conversation with us as a family unit about look this is how we're gonna approach this and think about this and kind of manage our finances around this going forward
2: I remember about it a, a little bit different. I was pitching something internally in the company. I had a conversation with someone where he encouraged me a lot to become an entrepreneur. And we had this conversation with where he was like, yeah, you should. And, and I got super excited. And I was, okay, this is what I, I want to do. I remember we were like discussing about, hey, so you're leaving your job. And, and it was kind of a joke or, or something around like, I'm going to pay for everything. And, and then like, I don't remember the kind of joke, but I, I felt it like a, a joke saying like, I will have to pay everything for you. And in my mind, it was like, I can pay for myself. So it was not like, I'm not thinking of, of ourselves as a family.
0: Well, this is a huge clue right here. A lot of times when couples come and speak to me, there's one inciting incident that stands out both in their minds, seared hot in their mind. Why? Because out of the blue, they had a relationship dynamic that they thought made sense, and then one partner said something that threw everything off kilter. At least that's the way it's perceived. What we can see here is that clearly they had different perceptions of money. And it was this amazing convergence of this situation with discussing leaving her job that caused this sentence to come out and then it escalated from there. I always listen in for these kinds of clues, the inciting incident, because there's almost always something much deeper beneath it.
2: It was more like, I was reacting and defending myself, saying, like, if you don't want to support me, like, I can support myself. I felt that we are aligned that he wants me to become an entrepreneur. And for that, I need to quit uh, my job. That then last week, I was planning on having the conversation with my boss. And then Nico told me, like, we haven't had the proper conversation.
0: Do you think that if you had the proper conversations,
1: you would disagree if we fast forward to the end of these conversations. I think I would agree. I'm very excited about her journey. I want to support her. I just want us to be aligned on you know how we think about this. Okay. And just cut to the chase for me, what are the issues up in the air that you are not aligned about? I think we're not aligned about how do we not operate as economic individuals but as a family unit? economically, and what role do each of us play. And that touches everything from, yes, what we do in our professional lives, but also how we spend time in the house, with the family, and all those things. So So what do you mean? Do you mean who cleans the kitchen floors? What are we talking about? It could get to practical points like that, yes. What else? I think an upcoming thing for us is we're planning to start a family.
2: What I feel is that there's like this power dynamic where I will never be like the powerful person in this relationship. It's always like I'm cooking for you, but I make more than you and you work more than me. So it's like I feel that I will never be the one that like for, for a moment, I will never be the one that provides more. There's some times where like he tells me why am I doing this? If I'm the person that provides the most and you are the person that works the most, you should be maybe doing more for, for the house instead of me, that I make more and I bring more to the table. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it comes from there. And then when he made the joke, I was like, okay, if you don't want to support me, I can, I can do it myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And how did he react when you said that?
2: He told me like, it doesn't work like that. We are a family, but we didn't have a conversation. It was more like, no, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm.
0: So you two both keep mentioning having a conversation. <laughs> I'd like you to have the conversation right
1: now. I'll just listen in. I think we've started and stopped on this, Paula, about how we have an ongoing conversation about this. It's probably about, like I said, a power dynamic between both of us. And I think we're coming up at a specific point, which is this point around you quitting your job, and uh, which fits within that overall bigger picture with this issue specifically you were taking a decision that wasn't properly discussed within us it felt there's probably a deeper point about you know how kind of how we untangle this point of who's providing what and how does that tie into other elements of roles we play in the relationship
2: yeah yeah I think that I I totally agree that uh, we need to make this decision together I also feel that sometimes we are like thinking we are agreeing on something, but never having the the explicit conversation. For two years or more, probably I will not make any money. Like we have a very good lifestyle. We do like a lot of things that we like to do without uh, like limiting ourselves on, on that sense. So I think the important thing is how we make sure that we are agreeing on investing in me and this project for two years as a family. And I do feel that we need to deal with the power dynamic because I feel like a lot of the time, just because I'm not a, like I'm not able of providing more, like I feel that I'm not valued either in the family. When we have a family and we maybe have to make a decision of taking some time if we need, it was, it would obviously be me because like for the family as a whole, it will make sense. So those are the things that worries me. Choosing my time over you will be never like the right decision.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's one point that kind of cuts through both to me, which is it seems like you may feel underappreciated because you don't bring an equivalent amount to the table in the monetary sense. And my side of things is feeling underappreciated um, because I feel that I do bring more and it's not kind of being uh, kind of I guess properly tallied or whatever you want to say. How do you wish you were more appreciated by? It's small things, really. It's um, starting from just verbal recognition of it, as opposed to it, it feels the other way around, right? Like, oh, you're you're so demanding because you're the provider, right? and you demand it as opposed to yeah, thanks for this. You know, it's that's that's great. Let's. Um, You know, just go on with our lives. It's not like some tangible point, really. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. hold on, hold on. Let's not minimize how you want to be appreciated. Did you notice you just did that? Yeah, maybe. I I think what I was getting at is, it's not like a barter thing, right? Where I'm saying, yeah, I should get these privileges in in exchange. It, It really is the recognition. Like, how? Like, like, how do you want to be appreciated? So I was gonna. My first response was gonna be words, but it's it's not really words. It's a uh, it's a recognition that that factor matters and affects our lives and affects the quality of our lives and am bringing quote unquote value to the table with those efforts. I think it's that. It's just that. Is it a verbal praise? Is it making breakfast? Is it touch? So I think details, in, in like small details, acts of love and kindness, which can be expressed through all the elements.
0: I just heard a lot of words, but I didn't really hear a clear answer. And I pushed him, and he still didn't have an answer for me. I'm going to tell him that. If you ever follow me on Instagram, sometimes you'll see me post about my behind the scenes travel experiences, coffee tours, salsa making classes in Mexico, all kinds of culinary stuff in India. And I'll get a lot of people saying, where do I find that Kyoto notepad maker that you found? And one place you can find that is Viator. In fact, my wife and I use Viator to book a Segway tour where we took a tour of a new city And we had an amazing experience, something we never would have thought of doing on our own. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. And with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everybody. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real travel reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best travel activities for your trip. Samples with my link, peaklife.com slash Ramit. That's P I Q U E L I F E dot com slash Ramit. R A M I T. I'm finding it a little difficult because if you can't be explicit about what you want, then it's going to be very hard for your partner to give you what you want. So let me give you an example from my own life. I don't need words of affirmation. It just does nothing for me. I don't need it. But I absolutely love acts of service. For example, when my wife has packed my suitcase for me when I was going to go travel somewhere, that meant a ton to me. It meant so much. Or the coffee mug is clean. It's a tiny coffee mug, but it really means a lot to me. So I'm going to give you five different love languages and I want you to really think, Nicholas, about what yours is. Go Start with one. So mm-hmm. one is words of affirmation. The second is quality time. The third is physical touch. The fourth is acts of service. And the fifth is receiving gifts. Which would you say is the most meaningful to you?
1: Acts of service. Mm. Great. What would be an example of an active service that would be really meaningful to you? Thinking ahead and acting upon that. So like over the last year, we live in a place where it's very affordable to have help. We were fortunate to have that. But over the last year, it hasn't been possible all the time. And it has turned into a dynamic where Yes, we both collaborate and and do things, but I'm the CEO of the house. If I don't say, yeah, this has to get done this day and this happens this day, it doesn't, right? And so switching those roles and having her be on top of that and thinking ahead and thinking how she can clear things for me, I think that would be very meaningful. Great. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Did you know that about...
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think that it makes a lot of sense. I think that my problem, as we mentioned before, or what it's harder for me is that for a while, maybe a little bit less now, but I I worked much more hours than, than he. And also maybe I'm easier to please in some ways. So I don't have to eat at some point and I don't have, I can organize my life in some way. And it's harder when it's, I have to Organize my schedule that it's already crazy and then it's not that flexible and we need to eat early and we need to do X and Y. So yeah, I know this is something that he appreciates. I think it it hasn't been hard even when I've tried to do it, like really be good at it.
0: Okay. Okay. What is your love language? How do you want to be appreciated?
2: I think more with words. And and I feel that maybe on my side, what I've felt is that it's never a hundred percent what we think we do together. So I feel that feels that he does I don't know eighty percent, and I feel that I do I don't know forty. We are biased on our weight of thinking what we what we are able of of giving to the family in in a lot of things. Like I paid for our Christmas uh, trip, and then he said I paid for it, and I was like no, I paid for the tickets, I paid for the hotel. So I feel that like of course i'm i know that i'm like in the economic side i'm giving less and maybe and and i know i'm giving less on the like on, on the shores in the house like i know my my yeah maybe my time is more complicated but even when i do something like it's never appreciated
0: never appreciated i don't i don't know if i believe never
2: <laughs> no, no, not never, but like <laughs> a lot of times it's not appreciated. No, so even if it's appreciated, like there's like a way of making me feel bad. Like yeah, but I like I don't know. For example, we do this thing where I buy like d- dinner on Friday and on like whatever I I buy buy dinner on Friday, and then he always makes me remind that yeah, but I'm the one buying Saturday and Sunday, and it's like the most expensive one on things like that, where I feel like. Yeah, but, like, this is the whole point of dividing. Like, I I feel that the appreciation is never, like, I don't feel it because I always feel there's, like, the the other side of the coin reminding me that, yeah, maybe you did something. But it will never be as much as I'm giving or I'm buying or I'm doing in the house.
0: Do you think that means to do that?
2: (laughs) I don't think that he does it in purpose. I think that sometimes he does it like, like to remind me that he, he on his side, he's trying to like, re, like for me to recognize what he's giving. But I think that he does it in a way that I feel bad. I, I'm never recognized. So I think we get to a point. It's hard for me. Hey, thank you for today's and tomorrow dinner because I felt that he already told me that I did it. Like that it was he's giving more than me.
0: What do you wish he said to you when you order that dinner on Friday?
2: I think that I wish to be, like, thank and, and knowing that, like, in for our means and what we make, like, we all, like, we are giving a lot to our family. We are, like, investing in, in in yeah, in ourselves and being happy. So, like, recognizing, like, hey, thank you. I, I really like this dinner. Thank you for buying it.
1: I did not know that her, you know, kind of priority language, as I say, was words. You know, it's interesting to see the differences between what's appreciated definitely. And I do kind of see the dynamic that she's laying out as as useful, whereas opposed to using the, the languages that each prefers to acknowledge the other, we're just saying, Yeah, I do more, I do more, I do more, and we're kind of elevating the stakes of the negotiation.
0: Right now and have a combined income of about six hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and on top of that they have about $2 million in their net worth, which is quite impressive. I'm sharing this so that you can understand the stakes of what we're talking about. Like, for example, how much do they actually need?
1: Somewhere between five and 10 million, plus a primary residence. Well, you're I mean, going to have that in a few years. If you do nothing, you could quit your job and you have that in a few years. Well, yeah, I, I've, I've seen your thoughts on on compounding and, and kind of expected returns. I think from, from that perspective, I also operate from a conservative point of view of what happens if, I don't know, the next few years are very bad and it just doesn't compound at that rate. No, uh, but you're right. No, there's a scenario where that does happen.
0: <laughs> so n- says he's seen my thoughts on compounding. Yes. My thoughts include math. <laughs> okay. Those are my thoughts on compounding. I'm not going to push much deeper on this yet, but just take note of how doesn't seem to quite believe me about how secure his future is. We're going to get into this later. I get tons of email every single day, and I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how I manage emails from my team, from my family, and from you. I use a piece of software called SuperHuman And this is an email software that I actually pay for out of my own pocket. It works with your existing email service like Gmail or Outlook. And let me share how it saves me over 10 hours a week. So here are a few things I love about it. First off, it splits my inbox into different streams. So my important emails come into one place. It's not cluttered with a bunch of subscriptions everywhere. Next, I use keyboard shortcuts. Unlike you barbarians who literally click and peck through every single email. U to market unread, S to star it, J or K to cycle through messages. I use keystrokes to schedule messages, like when I want to ask one of my coworkers a question, but I don't want to send them an email on a Saturday. Now, I can work through dozens of emails in minutes using this. And Superhuman just introduced an AI feature, which allows you to take a huge email with all these people chiming in and automatically summarize what's going on in a few bullet points. It'll even draft emails for you. So, if you want to buy back your time, Superhuman is a no-brainer to me. It's something I spend my own money on, and I love it. Right now, all IWT listeners will get a free month of Superhuman. You can get started at superhuman.com slash Ramit. That's superhuman.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. I have a friend of mine who's always cold. She told me she and her partner... ...have totally different temperatures when they sleep. She goes to bed in a flannel pajama. She's got extra blankets. Her partner's running hot. So now she recently started testing the pod cover from 8sleep, one of our sponsors. Before she goes to sleep, she gets on the app, cranks up the heat... ...and when she gets into bed at night, it's already warm and waiting for her. The pod cover by 8sleep fits on your bed like a fitted sheet. And it collects information. It has sensors... Improve the way you sleep by using my link at 8sleep.com slash Ramit for $200 off plus free shipping on their high-tech Pod 3 cover. That's 8sleep.com slash Ramit, E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T, for a better, smarter sleep. I mean, conservatively, by the time you're 65, you have over $20 million just from your current portfolio. That's a lot of money. I know what it's like to feel that you are comparing your finances to somebody else, especially somebody who's, I would say, a a very high earner, like with a large portfolio. What does that feel like to you when you compare your financial contributions to his?
2: It feels that I'm not enough, like good enough. I, I kind of feel that I'm not good enough and maybe I will never be good enough for this family. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Can you understand why I might feel
1: that way? I do. I do. Um, I got into this very fortunate position where because my, you know, my peer group, my buddies and In Colombia do very different things and if you compare me to most of them yeah I I earn an order of magnitude more than them so you know I'm kind of very cognizant of not bringing up the subject of money all that stuff and just because I I know it's how it would feel to be on the other side of that I can see how that you know kind of can create that that type of feeling
0: definitely it's structural. It's not that you're intentionally trying to make her feel bad. Although there are little things you might be doing that might contribute to that. For example, you know, thanks for Friday, but I'm also getting Saturday and Sunday. That's probably not helping. But imagine, she might work really hard to save fifteen or $20,000 or $30,000 in a year. The f- portfolio you have made that like overnight. Right. And the amount you contributed with zero, zero heartache at all, you just wrote a check is like five times that large. So you can imagine that that starts to feel like I wrote a $20,000 check or I really saved hard and did this. And is it even moving the needle at all? I want you to pay close attention to this example that I'm giving here with they may have more than you, but the dynamics are very, very relatable. In many couples, you have one person who's earning more than the other, and they approach things with a certain perspective. Now, the lower earner approaches things from a different perspective. It doesn't mean they're better or worse. It just means that they are earning less. Maybe it's by choice. Maybe it's because they're taking care of children, whatever the case may be. There's a natural power dynamic when one person is earning more than the other. And here's the key. The higher earner needs to be aware of that dynamic. If you earn more and you're oblivious to it, you go, oh yeah, hey, here's some money. I'll throw in this and that. You are going to cause resentment. So it is the obligation of the higher earner to be aware of this dynamic. Now, with and it's great that appreciates how fortunate he's been, and he also appreciates that just because he's earning three times more than he's probably not working three times harder than her. I appreciate that mutual respect, but now I want to address something that's come up a few times in this episode seems to understand that he earns a lot of money, but he doesn't seem to believe me when I tell him how secure his future is. What do you think the implication of that is? Well, the implication is that he's playing defense with his money, not offense. That there's scarcity as his money lens. He's looking through this lens of scarcity and everything he sees with money is what can go wrong. You can't just tell someone, stop feeling that. Stop looking at the world that way. You have to approach it quite differently. Let me show you what I'm going to do. Today's episode is sponsored by Element, a very tasty electrolyte drink mix. And I want to read you a response that I got from one of our readers who started using Element recently. His name, D. He wrote, You convinced me to try Element, and I'm pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoy it. The magnesium is really helpful for managing headaches and getting quality sleep, but it tastes so much better than I was expecting given the salt factor. This will be my new go-to for workout recovery and the blistering Florida summer heat. Well, first off, I love hearing about your experiences with our sponsors on the podcast. I want to pick the very best sponsors for you, so keep your feedback coming, and thank you. Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. If you're sweating or feel dehydrated and you want to replace your electrolytes, consider Element. They have eight great flavors like citrus salt, watermelon salt, raspberry salt, and even lemon habanero. Right now, Element is offering eight single-serving packets free with any Element order, this is a great way to try all eight flavors. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash ramit. Try it totally risk-free. And if you don't like it, they'll give you your money back, no questions asked. You have nothing to lose. This deal is only available through my link. Let me give it to you again, drinklmnt.com slash r-a-m-i-t. That's drinkelement.com slash ramit. If you are a business owner, listen up. As your business starts to grow, you and I both know what happens. Those things that you used to do manually start to break. They start to take up all your time and you decide, I'm going to look for some automation. The things you used to do take a week, but how do you automate these things? Well, if this is you and you are in charge of your business, there are three numbers you should know, 36,000, 25, and one. 36,000, that's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. It streamlines accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for your KPIs, in one efficient system with one source of truth. You can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. It's everything you need all in one place. And as you know, I like to see all my numbers in one place. That's exactly what NetSuite can help you do. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at iwt.com slash NetSuite. That's iwt.com slash NetSuite. N E T S U I T E to get your own KPI checklist. IWT.com slash NetSuite.
2: We joke that I want to go back to my hometown and and have like a really nice house. And then I I feel that we love traveling and I would love to continue traveling and being able to travel with our family. We want to save and try to like give the same opportunities that we had to our kids and hopefully like sending them to undergrad or to grad school to the U.S. I think one
1: that's equally
2: important is what am I trying
1: to avoid with that money, which I think is is very important in my frame of mind. One very kind of important experience from my life was, like I said, very kind of comfortable growing up, no kind of massive luxuries, but everything was around and, and available within some limits. And... Latin America had a very big crisis in the late 90s, and my dad lost his job, right? He had been a person that had been, you know, uh, a decent earner. We lived very kind of comfortably, but he hadn't set aside money adequately. And he'd gotten to a point in his career where probably in his late 40s and in the midst of a crisis, you know, he was kind of unemployable in a way. And his, our life changed and his life changed from that point because he had to readjust his standards. And so I think internally I said, that's never going to happen to me, right? I want to kind of incrementally move up my, my living standards, but never get to a point where I have to adjust standards or, or depend on a job or, or something else. And like I told you before, I have a fantastic job right now. I don't want to depend on it because I know if if it, it's probably not going to be around always. And if it doesn't, it's going to be very hard to replace for something equivalent. So I think a rich life for me, me, me means getting to a point where I don't have to worry about you know being put in that situation. And I'm kind of set at a certain standard for life. Let's pretend just for the sake of this conversation,
0: that the same thing happens to you. You get laid off, jobs disappear.
1: What's your financial situation going to be 10 years from now? It's weird for me because as I've gotten closer to that point of comfort, as you get closer to it, I found myself thinking more about money and and having more anxiety about money, which is weird. I've told this to Paula. It's not weird. It's what everybody does. Because they believe
0: that when they find the answer in their model, they think that all their anxiety is going to vanish. They're going to open up the doors in their French doors in their bedroom and beautiful pool outside. And they're just going to say, I made it. But what they don't realize is that money for people who are modeling out 20 years in the future and people who are making very high incomes, the money was never the problem. They were always going to make money, whether it was going to take them until they were 30 or 40 or 42. They were always going to make the money. The real problem that they rarely address is up here in their head. It's the psychology of knowing what is enough and what do I actually want to do with this money? You have accomplished a lot that I don't know you've really sat back and taken account and said, wow, like we did it. And I don't think you realize that you've won the game. The game that you were trying to play, the one of financial aspiration, you won. It's over. It's done. You won. And this is where most people continue chasing more and more. I don't mind if you want to grow that portfolio. I love it. Please do. I think it'll be great. I think we'll open up even more possibilities. But you could double or triple that today. That's not going to take your anxiety away. The real solution is to turn the page on your joint lives and say, what is our rich life? What do we want to do together? What does it look like? Do you want to become an entrepreneur? Okay, let's talk about that. Why? What's it going to give you? What's it going to give us? Okay, how can we find a way to make that work? Financially, yeah, we could fund it. Is that what we want to do? Or what's the deadline? Because what if this goes on for 10 years and you're not making any money? Let's have a discussion about that. But where does this decision to be an entrepreneur fit into our rich lives? Is it going to let you travel more? What about work around the house? How are we going to manage that? You're going to be an entrepreneur, but who's arranging Friday night dinners? These are the conversations to have, but I want to point out the key difference. It takes changing from playing defense to playing offense. You're still playing defense. As if you put a couple more million bucks in there, you're going to feel better. But the millions of bucks are already there. They just need a little time to develop through compound interest. Plus, I'm guessing you're saving quite a bit of money every year. Now, we get to have a much more interesting conversation about chapter two of your rich lives. What do you want? What's the difference in your lifestyle between 25 and 32 million? Nothing. You can worry your way into $30 million, and then you die. That's it. End of the game.
1: Now paint the other picture for me. The rich life scenario, we work in our jobs for five to ten more years. We move back to hometown. We build a house from scratch with a fantastic open kitchen where we cook our meals every night. We have two kids, which I spend a lot of time teaching things to, whether it's sports or working out or philosophy, doing their homework, etc. We travel. We don't worry when we want to travel. Doesn't mean we do it in luxury, but... You know, we want to be able to go to Bogotá, which is the capital of Colombia, where my friends are. Weeks, weekends, we might have a, a small apartment. To go there in the summers, we like to spend, as opposed to traveling around many places, we like to go and kind of live in a city. There's many cities like we like. So we'd aim get an Airbnb for six weeks in Lisbon or in Buenos Aires. And we just live life there normally. This is pretty amazing.
0: Compare this to their answer earlier. Total night and day answer in the vividness of what their rich life is. I want to hear from you. What does it feel like to hear his vision?
2: I loved it. We have talked about like exactly like how he pictured. What we have never talked about is like the, the timing and how we believe it can be like sooner than than later i feel very excited about thinking o- about the future and what we can do together and and how we can enjoy life and and what we have built
0: beautiful i i appreciate you for appreciating because he's done something tremendous to be able to even open up the conversation about you potentially becoming an entrepreneur that was something he started years ago and that's fantastic. I also think that in your relationship, money is a small but important part of it. There's so much more than money. Okay, the money part is great. You, you, you won. You solved it. And in fact, it's only getting bigger now. You can't stop it. But there's just so much more. There's uh, having a positive partner. That's something that I treasure with my wife, she's always laughing, smiling. Love that. There's somebody who you know you can count on. There's all these things that are equally or more important than money. And so I would love for the two of you to really start thinking about that. And that starts to shape that entrepreneur conversation. You know, hey, for example, if you become an entrepreneur, here are the things that worry me, here are the things that concern me. You know, Mm, what's the stress level going to be? Uh, what, what about finances? Yeah. Have that conversation, but then also talk about what might happen. Positive who I love that you would be in control of your time. That means we could travel for weeks at a time. And even if I can't go all the time, you could take our future children. Oh, it means that you would be able to do X, Y, Z, right? Talk about both, put them on the table. And you will come to see that this discussion about whether you should be an entrepreneur is actually really about much more than this micro decision. It's really about the rest of your lives together. Here's what you'll find next week on the I Will Teach You To Be Rich podcast.
2: I think what you said first, that's the problem. It'll be fine. We don't, we don't want our lives to be just fine though, right? We'd want it to be better than fine. We'd want it to be great. Okay. Well, no, we would. We would want it to be better than fine.
1: Yeah, but like, I mean, I, I guess it depends, right? Like what your priorities are. Well, I just don't have a lot of trust in certain things, like for a lot of reasons, right? I guess I've just kind of been like an old fashioned guy who just puts money in the bank and then that's it, right?